Yo, yo. Welcome to another episode of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And the Lakers season is over. They lost game six at home to the Phoenix Suns, 113 to 100, to lose in the first round in six games. A premature ending that I don't think anybody saw coming, even as recently as a few days ago when the Lakers held a 2-1 series advantage and were up by 11 points in that second quarter. I mean, it looked like they were in complete control of that series. As Frank Vogel said today, they had supreme confidence at that point. And that was even with Anthony Davis slumbering up and down the floor. And of course, later in that game, he injured his groin had to leave the game, and from that point on, things were not the same. And before I get into a quick evaluation of the season and the series and the offseason, I first want to say uh, thank you to all of our loyal listeners and people who responded to the pod, people who asked questions for the open forum section, and just all the feedback we got this year uh, from Bill, Anthony, and myself, uh, we can't thank you enough. And on a personal note from me, I just want to thank everybody for embracing me from making the transition from the Clippers to the Lakers. And really from day one, uh, Laker Nation embraced me with open arms. And I can't thank everybody enough for the positive feedback the commenting on my articles on The Athletic, retweeting, quote tweeting, uh, retweeting, quote tweeting my, my tweets. Uh, of course, the you know any tweets and sharing about the podcast. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for interacting. Uh, I tried to get back to everybody. I know it, it's kind of impossible. Sometimes I'll send out a tweet and get you know, like 20 replies and it's just hard sometimes to reply to all those, but I, I do try, you know, I do see everything. I read everything and I appreciate it. And, and, you know, genuinely just want to say that, uh, I wouldn't be in this position without you guys. And I can't thank you enough. I appreciate it. And I hope this relationship continues to grow. I, I have, you know, I, I want to do more Q and A's and mailbags next season. I think that, that that's something that, um, I'm really interested in and just with, with the condensed nature of this season with, with me trying to acclimate on, on a new beat, it wasn't as feasible, but I, I think next season with a more normal and spaced out schedule and with me feeling more acclimated, uh, I think that's something we could definitely work in uh, maybe once a week, once every other week. Uh, I'm not really sure, but that's something that uh, you, you should be on the lookout for. But let's get into it because I, I think where I want to start is macro, how we view the season. I think this season, it's hard not to look at it as a disappointment, but I think I view it as a disappointment for a different reason than some might. You know, I think in a binary sense, it's a disappointment because the Lakers did not win a championship. And whether they lost in the, you know, in the first round, the conference finals, the finals didn't make the playoffs, like, for the Lakers, this organization, this roster, it's championship or bust. It's you either win the championship or it was a failure of a season. Now, I, I do think losing in the first round is on the lower end of outcomes and possibilities, right? You know, it's it's basically the only worst way 
would have been losing in the play-in or not making the playoffs. So it was pretty down there in terms of potential outcomes for the season. But you know, I, I, was it would it be much better if they lost in the finals? Like I, I think it would be just as upsetting to fans. Uh, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't be as bad. But I, I think for me, where it's disappointing is the context of the season that LeBron and AD miss sixty three games. AD only missed one playoff game, but essentially missed three playoff games. And we just never saw this team fully healthy or what they could do with a whole roster. And really the first time we saw them fully healthy was that Golden State game. And that, you know, it's just going into a play-in setting and then going into the playoffs with your team healthy for the first time. I, I just don't know. I mean, it, it can work. You know, I look back at like that Warriors team uh, with, with KD. Could, could they have maybe done that? Maybe, uh, but you know that was a group with four All Stars, not two. And maybe there there have been some teams with with enough talent to overcome these odds. I think the Lakers were, were, were pushing it, right? I mean, they did give you know they were up two one in the series. I think if AD doesn't go down. They probably still win the series and then I think are heavily favored over Denver and, and then make a conference finals run and are probably favored over Utah or the Clippers or Dallas, whoever comes out of that side of the bracket. And then are underdogs in the finals, I would say, against Brooklyn or Milwaukee or Philly, but would definitely have a shot in in a final series. So it, it did feel like this was going to – this honestly was probably going to be their their toughest round in the West in terms of just quality of opponent, uh, you know uh, – Dennis and Frank both said this today at exit interviews that they felt like this was a conference finals matchup in the first round. And I do agree with that. I was high on Phoenix all season. I didn't realize they were this good. I was super impressed, especially with Devin Booker in games five and six, just really took his game to a different level, took it up a notch. But I think the disappointment stems more from the what if nature of the season of what if LeBron and AD were healthy or or healthier. And I think, you know, if they miss 20 games instead of 63 combined games, this team has home court advantage. This team is a two or three seed probably. And maybe they're the three seed just with the distance that Utah and Phoenix had. But people forget they were 21 and six when AD went down. They were still tied for the two seed. I mean, they were a half game out of the one seed when AD went down. So they're the two seed right behind Utah. And they were tied for the two seed when LeBron went down. Uh, and that was in late March. So, I mean, really... Three months into the season, they were still a top two seed. And that was with AD missing over a month because he had also missed a few games earlier in the season. So had those guys stayed relatively healthy, we're we're talking about a a completely different season where this team is a a top four seed, if not top two or three. And I think they definitely beat Portland, Memphis, whoever on that lower half of the bracket they beat that. I mean, I guess let's say you make them the three seed. So you push Denver to four, Clippers to five, Dallas to six. I guess they'd be playing Dallas in this scenario. Uh, I think they beat Dallas or Portland probably in five games, maybe six. And we're we're, talk, we're just talking about a completely different outcome and projection for this season. But they played maybe the West favorite right now. Maybe like when all teams are fully healthy, the second best team in the West. And they gave them a run for their money. They were up 2-1 again, but they also had an unfortunate injury. And I think the gap without AD 
was bigger than I thought it was, but it still was like, had AD not, you know, had we been entering the series and, and we were told AD is going to miss half the series, I think most people would have favored Phoenix or put this as like a seven game series. Maybe the Lakers can, can win in seven if AD can be back for game seven. But AD was clearly a shell of himself from game four on, could barely move in game six. The disappointment for me stems more from the just the what if nature of we'll never know what this team could have done healthy. And I, I think those are the worst losses. This wasn't a situation where LeBron and AD were both healthy and they just lost to a team uh, that that was had more talent, was better coached, whatever. Like, yes, you have to give Phoenix a lot of credit. They, they rose to the occasion. I think Devin Booker took a step from all-star level to all-NBA level and, and really, you know, kind of like all-NBA second team level. Like he was playing like that type of guy for multiple games in this series DeAndre Ayton played his most consistent basketball of the season. Chris Paul wasn't even healthy for basically the entire series. So you got to give, you know, Monty Williams, I thought, coached a great series. I, I do think he did a, a nice job against Frank Vogel. Like, you got to give Phoenix their credit, but this was not a, a full-strength Lakers team. And I think the Lakers would take a full-strength Chris Paul if it also meant a full-strength LeBron James and Anthony Davis uh, in this matchup. So I think that, that that's where my disappointment stems from uh, more so than anything. I do think it was nice to see Frank Vogel finally make the adjustment of starting Marcus soul in game six. It was also nice to see um, him go to the small ball lineup. That was something we had, we had talked about a little bit on the podcast of uh, going Keith at the five LeBron at the five Kuz at the five they, they, they tried that. That brought them back in the second half. They made multiple runs, got it as low as 10, were never able to get over the hump. The one thing I'll say about game six, um, you know, Phoenix came out and landed a bunch of haymakers. They hit six early threes to give themselves a nice cushion. The one thing I, I was, I would say, dis- disappointed, discouraged by from the Lakers side was just the lack of fight in the first half. I, I mean, I, I clearly, I felt there was a clear shift in, in energy, effort, and, and just execution in the second half versus the first half. And the way they came out, especially about midway through that third quarter when they shifted to the small ball unit, had they done that, and, and they actually went to the small ball unit towards the end of the first half. It was around like the four, four three and a half minute mark of the second quarter. They took uh, they took Mark out and they, they put uh, Keith in and, and went with the small group. And it was like, had that, had we seen that in the first half, the full court ball pressure, the trapping around half court of Devin Booker, the rotating and everybody protecting the rim and, and gang rebounding and all those things, I think they are able to withstand that initial you know, flurry of, of haymakers from Phoenix. And they're able to cut that deficit lower earlier in the game. But KCP said it after the game. He's like, we waited too long to give that full maximum effort. And we did a good job of fighting. We, we fought till the end. We never gave up. But I do think had they had that second half effort in the first half, I'm not saying they win the game because I, I think the type of night Devin Booker was having, you know, 47 points, like he was just on a different level. And clearly LeBron was still not himself. I mean, I think that was very clear from this series. But I, I think... I would have liked to have seen more effort from the Lakers in that first half. And it felt like 
they got demoralized early. They, they came out with all this juice and energy. The, the building was buzzing. Everybody was excited. I thought it was certainly the best home Staples Center crowd that, that we had seen all season. Uh, and granted, it had been you know, a month and a half of, of crowds, but still. Uh, and and it, I mean, the season was on the line and, and they showed up and I, I thought that gave the, the team energy for the first couple of minutes. And then it was like, Jay Crowder hits a three. Devin Booker hits a couple threes. Jay Crowder hits a, another couple threes. Devin Booker hits a three. And all of a sudden, they're down by 20 points in the first quarter. And they look shell-shocked. They, they look ready to go home. And I, I thought progressively gave better effort in the second quarter. And then that uh, transferred into uh, the, the second half. But for me, it was just the, the lack of of just effort and execution, especially defensively, uh, which to me was the biggest difference. Like, yes, they hit shots, and that's kind of out of your control, though I do think defense leads to offense. But to me, it was that defensive effort that they didn't really have in game five and then kind of didn't have for half to, to more than half of game six, which was disappointing. But I think now the the attention turns to um, the offseason, and this team can have... They have eight free agents. They can have upwards of 10 free agents and really could have 11 guys potentially leaving with Marcus Soule being the 11th. As last summer, there were the rumors of him either retiring or, or going back to Spain to play. And I, I think you're going to hear those rumors again. And so r- right now, the Lakers have five guys on their roster. LeBron, AD, Mark, Kuz, and KCP. Uh, and six, technically, if you include their first round draft pick. Uh, so the the 10 guys uh, that are free agents are you know the rest of the roster. But quickly, uh, Dennis, uh, Alex, Talon, Wes, uh, Andre, Keefe, uh, um, Alfonso McKinney, if they waive his non-guaranteed contract, Jared Dudley, Trez, if he opts out of his player option and I am blanking on the other guy who let me quickly check here who uh who's the the last guy that is the free agent that I'm blanking on um Ben McElmore that that's the other guy so those are their 10 free agents and I mean look that's that's uh two-thirds of the team are, are free agents potentially. Uh, So, I mean, going through them quickly, like Andre, I think, I don't know what his market value is, but I think, you know, the most they could offer him, I believe is the uh, mid-level exception around like nine, nine nine-ish million, something like that. And I, you know, I've been on record. I'm not the biggest Andre Drummond fan. I mean, I I thought it was telling that he got benched in game six and didn't even play. Montrose Harrell played over him as well as Mark starting over him. So uh, I would be I would be surprised if, if Drummond's back, but you know the Lakers have talked about him being a piece of the, the, the future and the core. So maybe uh, Alex, I, I think, is going to be someone they prioritize, but he's going to have a market. You know, I, I think Alex actually will probably have the, the most competitive market maybe of anybody on the roster just because I think he's proven he can be the third guard on pretty much any team and, and play a, a critical role as... You know, one, one, either your backup shooting guard or, or your backup point guard and, and do a pretty good job. And I think we haven't fully seen his point guard chops because uh, of, of Dennis and LeBron and AD. But 
I think Alex can run a second unit. I, I do not think he's a starting level point guard. I don't think you want him running your offense in crunch time, but I, I do think he can help run a second unit. And we did see that at times this season. So for me, Alex would be the priority guy. Talon's another one where we had exit interviews today. I felt he didn't have the most reassuring. If you're a Laker fan and you hear his comments, they were not the most reassuring in terms of him staying. It was very like, I haven't thought about it. I'm going to let my representation handle it. Like, and almost talking at a couple times about the Lakers in the past tense. So I know the Lakers are high on him. They they obviously drafted him. It's it's a prospect that they are excited about keeping. But um, you know, I didn't think Talon's comments were, were very reassuring. But he's another guy who will probably get some type of poison pill, Gilbert Arenas type contract where uh, teams try to backload it, and it'll be interesting to see if the Lakers match that or how they feel about that. Ben, I think you know it showed he just wasn't part of the rotation. In the playoffs was really him and Trez were the two guys that Frank clearly was kind of out on for the most part. So I don't think Ben's probably back, but maybe with the clutch connection, Wes said he wants to come back, wants to run it back. I think Wes is probably back um, somewhere in that vet minimum uh, or biannual exception range. Jared Dudley wants to be back, he said, and he thinks the Lakers need him back. So um, I guess it's really going to come down to what other moves happen on the roster. If it is a depth thing, I could see them not bringing back Jared or maybe making him an assistant coach or assistant GM or something. Uh, but I think the Lakers did kind of waste some of their end of, of roster roster spots and, and they corrected it with, with the, the Quinn Cook moves, but, uh, or move and, and um, you know, like they, they sort of addressed that. But I think every roster spot's valuable. And I don't know, for as important as Jared is to the locker room, I don't think it's great to have a guy you don't trust to, to play in a playoff series. And he clearly was not at that level. Uh, Mark, he's he's a wild card. I, I don't know what to expect with him. I guess theoretically he should be back, but it's really just what does he want to do? And and he also at times today sounded like a guy who might be out. Trez, to me, sounded like a guy who who's going to be out, um, which is interesting because he has that $9 million player option. And I don't know if Trez's value is at $9 million right now. I mean, it's, it's now back-to-back teams that, you know, one team kind of exposes playoff shortcomings in the Clippers and then clearly didn't value him enough to resign him. And another team, the Lakers, basically benched him for an entire series. So this is the lowest of, of Trez's market value. And to me, I, I just don't, he just doesn't seem like a playoff player. So I think maybe a team talks themselves into him as a fan favorite, a, a guy that is going to work hard, maybe raise your regular season ceiling or, or floor, but not really a guy you can trust in the playoffs. Uh, Dennis continues to say conflicting things. He said he wants to be back, but it, the, it's got to be fair. It's got to be a fair value. And he just wants to enjoy his free agency process, test free agency, but he wants to be back uh, and he wants another shot at a title. So it sounds like Dennis is going to be back, but I, I don't, you know, he's a guy who I think played himself out of that $20 million range. He, to me, is a 14 to $16 million player uh, annually. And I don't know if he's going to go for that, at least with the Lakers. So, We'll see with Dennis. I'm leaning more towards him probably not being back, but we'll see. Uh, Alfonso McKinney, I think they're going to waive that non-guaranteed contract. And Keith, I think it's someone that they could bring back on a vetman deal. I think he's been he's been okay. Uh, he, he did have some success in, in the Phoenix series, you know, defensively in some of these smaller lineups, but uh, did not shoot the ball well. And, and that's really the, the only thing with him that would be my hesitation is you, if you're going to have a stretch big, they, they got to be able to shoot the ball. But those are my quick thoughts on the rundown of who's going to be a free agent and, and some early thoughts on it. But 
I will be back next week and every week after uh, with our weekly show. I'll probably be doing uh, another show once or twice a week with, with other guests or by myself. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But I, I just wanted to quickly talk about the season, game six, the upcoming off season, and, and some quick thoughts on that. But um, I got to go right. So I'm going to go do that. Uh, but I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Thank you uh, again for such a great season. Uh, I know it didn't end the way that you guys wanted, but look, they have LeBron, they have AD, you have those two healthy. I think you can beat anybody. So it's just about finding the right pieces around them. I think some of those pieces are on this roster. I think some of those pieces are going to be in for agency or a trade. Uh, I think they got to modernize the center rotation and they have to add more shooting. And those are really the two things for me that they got to address this summer. But um, thank you guys again. Can't say thank you enough. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Yovan Buha, J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you're not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so by going to theathletic.com or subscribing off of my Twitter account. Would be much appreciated. Thank you guys again, and I will talk to you soon.